almost our entire way of life is based on something exactly opposite from the instruction in the Word of God. From childhood, most of us learn to exalt ourselves. We're almost like a two-year-old kicking and screaming, I want this for me now. I want what I want now. Then we're born again. And all of a sudden, we're a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And we learn a new way of life by the Word of God. Scripture by Scripture, we are recreated in the image of Christ every time the Holy Spirit reminds us of a scripture and we set about to do that scripture. A few years ago, I saw a scripture in Philippians chapter 2, and I began trying to do that scripture in my own life. The Apostle Paul says in verse 9, Philippians chapter 2, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Almost everything I did was through strife and vainglory from the time I was born. Going to school, playing basketball, being in drama being in debate, going to college, earning degrees. Almost everything had to do with exalting yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verses, verse 9, or verse 3, I think it is. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow. So this is a completely different way of life. Make yourself of no reputation. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He didn't come saying, I am God, you have to listen to me. He made himself of no reputation. Every once in a while he spoke by the Holy Spirit and everything was changed.
when he did that. Sometimes that happens to us. We get to speak by the Holy Spirit that unexpectedly the Spirit of God just rises in us and we speak. I was in the grocery store a few years ago standing at a checkout line. The woman in front of me and the cashier were talking and apparently they went to the same church. For the woman who was trying to check out her groceries said to the cashier, I can't believe you are working on a Sunday. I just can't believe that I'm seeing you here today. The cashier said something like, well, so-and-so got sick and they called me and I just had to come in and work. This didn't satisfy the woman at all who was chastising the cashier. I listened to them for a minute and finally I spoke up and said, if you want to live by the Old Testament rules, then you could not be in here shopping for groceries today. You would have to be at home resting in your tent. And those two women were so, so shocked. And that ended that conversation. One time I was on the golf course and I was playing golf with two women, a Methodist woman and a Church of Christ woman. The Methodist woman began speaking about people who judge other people. And the Holy Spirit through me said, if you judge, someone is judging. Aren't you judging? This Methodist woman went, <laughs> it was just like a balloon filled with hot air and a pen sticking into the balloon. If you judge, somebody is judging. Aren't you judging? That's the Holy Spirit rising up to speak. One day the uh, radio station manager in Seattle, where I was on radio, was waiting for me at the convention center door. I had been speaking some judgment messages on my radio broadcast because I heard from God to do it, so I did it. The radio station manager in Seattle was waiting for me, and he said, Joan, you have many wonderful messages. Just speak those messages. If you speak these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. Holy Spirit rose up in me instantly. And this is what came through my mouth. It's not that the Holy Spirit took control of me. He gave me this to speak and I spoke it to George. George... If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. That ended that. The Holy Spirit does a remarkable work in us. It's just amazing the wisdom of God that comes forth through the Holy Spirit. And we're all in awe of God, I think, when we hear it. I know I am.
Jesus didn't try to be anything special. He, he had one goal. You know what the goal of Jesus was? To obey God the Father, to hear God and obey God. There's a scripture where Jesus says, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. That scripture is in John chapter 5, verse 30. When I was first born again, that's one of the first scriptures God ever showed me. And what God showed me is this. Listen to me and speak what I give you. Learn to listen to me and speak that which I give you. God taught me, don't plan out anything in advance. Sometimes somebody will be coming to see you and you think, I'll say this and I'll say that and I'll say this and I'll say that. God taught me a completely different way. Depend on me, trust in me. I will bring to you, to your mind, by the Spirit of God, that which I want you to say. The Holy Spirit reminds us of things, and it is up to us to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and speak those things. One time I was with my favorite aunt. This was after I was born again. And she was always a, a type of person that I just related to strongly. I never had any problem with my aunt. A lot of people were afraid of her. They would say, oh, what, do, what will artists think about what we're doing? She was the gold standard for them judging what they were doing. I was never afraid of her. Even as a very small child, she was never fearful to me. Turned out we were going to be the same spirit. Well, I was with her after I became an adult and had been born again. And the Holy Spirit brought to my mind these words, tell her about being taken into heaven. Well, I didn't want to do that. She spent her entire life in the Church of Christ. I did not want to tell any Church of Christ member supernatural events. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I yielded to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He won't make you do anything. He will show you what God wants you to do, and it's up to you to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. So... I yielded to the Holy Spirit, and I told her, I said, after I was born again, something happened to me. In the night, I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images. It was strictly in the Spirit. And at that time... With God and the Holy Spirit witnessing, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God.
and a few nights later the exact same thing happened again. As I told my aunt this story, I noticed sort of a dreamy look on her face. When I finished sharing this with her, she said to me, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. And she smiled. We were the same spirit. It didn't matter that she was Church of Christ and that they never talk about supernatural things. I might have been the only person she ever told about having this experience with God. But she was very different, as I am very different, because both of us had experiences with God. At the time I was born again, in 1975, I owned a business in Dallas, Texas, American Indian Arts business. Shortly after I was born again, I had been taken into heaven the two times that I described to you. I was absolutely on fire for the Word of God. I had no idea why this had happened to me. At first, I thought this happened to all Christians, and when I found out it didn't happen to all Christians, I certainly didn't know why it had happened to me. I was reading a book at that time about Exodus, And the author of the book made a statement that sometimes when God wants to use a person, he will give that person a supernatural experience to cause that person to um, do the work that God has for the person. But I didn't know that I was to be a minister. I didn't even know a woman could be a minister because I, even though I wasn't raised in any church group, my aunt was Church of Christ, and I did know the doctrine about uh, they wouldn't let women speak in the church. I did know the scriptures where the apostle Paul said, let women keep silence in the churches. After it became a, apparent that I was to do something, in the churches. I said to God, well, what about that scripture? I can't speak in a church. I wouldn't even pray with a man in the room. I had a Bible class that met at my business. I had a young man from Dallas Theological Seminary come and teach us at noonday once a week. I He asked me one day to pray, and I said, well, I can't pray with a man in the room. And he said, You can't? And I said, no. So he prayed. I really was very strongly of the persuasion that I couldn't do any speaking with a man in the room. God took me to 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul said, let women keep silence in the churches. And God said to me when I told him, I said, well, I can't speak to the church God said to me look at what these women were doing let's read that passage of scripture that entire section of scripture is 
concerning what is to happen in the church when we come together as the church. Verse 26, Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let things be done unto edifying. I knew that that was what was to happen in the gathering of the church, not what we see happening in the gathering of the church. It would be more like if six or seven people met in a home and the Holy Spirit was free to speak through whom he wills. It would not be a staged thing where everything was completely set in order by man and others were forbidden to speak anything. I knew the gathering of the church was supposed to be like Paul described. Paul says in verse 27, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let them speak to let him speak to himself and to God. Verse 29, let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now that means the Holy Spirit does not take over and cause you to speak in the church. That doesn't happen. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. A prophet is very orderly. He speaks at a proper time. In our Bible class, our teacher used to always say, at some point in the class, he would say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? That would be the proper time to speak. Anyway, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints verse 34 let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law and if they will learn anything let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. I certainly agreed with that, and I wouldn't have all spoken at all in the church. But God said to me, look at what these women were doing. And when I looked, I came to believe they were asking questions and interrupting the Spirit of God with questions. Women have a way of taking over with questions. Verse 35 says, And if they will learn anything, 
let them ask their husbands at home. And I felt this is what God was showing me. These women were interrupting the church gathering and asking questions. I attended a little non-denominational church one time and pastor was teaching. A woman in the congregation jumped up out of her seat and said, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And she ran all around the room and saying, Praise the Lord! And pastor was laughing and all the congregation was laughing and they were all like it was the Holy Spirit and I was horrified. When I left that meeting, I said to God, that could not have been the Holy Spirit in that woman. It was some other kind of spirit. And I was reminded of this section of scripture here in 1 Corinthians 14. At the end of the chapter in verse 40, Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. This woman interrupted the pastor's teaching and drew attention to herself and caused any of the Spirit of God that was working through the pastor to be stopped. That is out of order. Paul, uh, God took me to another section of Scripture on this subject of, subject of women teaching or women speaking at church. God had already taught me that prophets are sent to the church, not sent to the world, but sent to the church. In Acts chapter 21, Philip, the evangelist, had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church. They would have had to have spoken in the church to prophesy. Therefore, I agreed with God to do what I believed he called me to do. After I was born again in 1975, I continued to operate the business for the next five years. But it became apparent to everyone at our church group that the hand of God was on me, that I had a call of God on my life. That becomes apparent to the people by the gifts of God that God gives you. He gave me the gift word of knowledge all the time. I would go to a prayer group and I would have a word of knowledge like somebody has a stomach problem. In the Bible class, uh, where the teacher would always say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? I nearly always had a word of knowledge. Actually, I think I always had a word of knowledge. Don got to where he would say that word and then look at me. But it was an invitation to speak by the Holy Spirit. When I spoke by the Holy Spirit, they recognized that I had a call of God on my life. It was yet to manifest itself for me to know exactly what it was and exactly what I was going to be doing. One day I was at my business and a man came in who was from our church group and he had identified himself as being a prophet. 
And he said, I've heard a word over you that I need to deliver to you. The word he delivered was in John chapter 21. Jesus was speaking to Peter and he said, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. But then in verse 18, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girded thyself, and walked whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake Jesus, signifying by what death Peter should glorify God. It is by dying to self that we glorify God. It doesn't bring glory to us, usually. It brings glory to God when we yield to God. And after Jesus said that to Peter, Jesus said, follow me. And that is what God taught me to do. Follow him by his spirit. At first, when I was on radio, I got to speak messages like taking thoughts captive and following God by his spirit and things like that. And it was very popular. One day I heard, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I heard that same sentence over and over. A few days later, God opened my eyes to see sins being committed by various big-time ministers. I tried to get the message to the ministers in private, but I couldn't get the message to them. So God persuaded me to give the message on my own radio broadcast, which were by that, by that time from coast to coast. I did give the message, and when I gave it on my radio broadcast, the people who were followers of those ministers apparently told the ministers, and hate mail just poured in against me. Very often, when you do what God wants you to do, people will not understand. The church people will not understand. It's like Noah building the ark. You can just imagine the uproar that caused in his community and with his relatives. What are you doing, Noah, when he begins building this big ark in his yard? Then he starts bringing animals into the ark and food. Well, this must have really been a shame to Noah. Abraham, when he heard to go out, I doubt that brought Abraham glory with his relatives. They probably thought he was crazy. Usually, there is persecution when God tells you to do something, and when you're given a message to speak, there's very often persecution. My relatives, for the most part, were Church of Christ. They, they were horrified that I was going on radio. 
they were just horrified. I don't mean my favorite aunt, but my cousin, one cousin in particular, even when she was as old as 97 years old, she tried to stop me from doing the work of the ministry. She thought she was doing right, but it's the passage of Scripture in John chapter 16, verse 2, where Jesus says, the time will come that they will kill you thinking they're doing God's service. And Paul said in First Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 3, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Persecution really comes from the church because you're here to do something in the church and they very often try to stop you. But God has his way of causing us to do what he wants us to do. And the way he's always worked with me is through scripture, and I just followed one scripture at a time as far as the road would take me with that scripture, and then he would give me another scripture, and I would follow that scripture. And very often God gives me dreams and sometimes visions to get me to do what he wants me to do. And he does that with each of us who are called of God, especially if we're called of God to do a ministry. But if even if you're not called to God to do a ministry, we are led by the Spirit of God. We're all led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's in Romans chapter 8. We are all led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in us and brings thoughts to our minds to show us what to do. One last example today. In December, no, in November 2019, a thought came to me, a very gentle thought. Read the Old Testament. I didn't do it, but I was aware that thought came to me. The next day, a thought came to me. Read the Old Testament. That day, I kind of thought, well, yeah, I really enjoy the Old Testament. That would be good if I'd read the Old Testament. The third day, the thought came to me, read the Old Testament. It was a very gentle thought. It was so gentle, I almost missed the thought entirely the first day. I was aware of it the second day, but I didn't do it. The third day, I stopped when I heard it and picked up the Bible and started reading at Genesis 1. That was the Holy Spirit leading me. Read the Old Testament. So the third day when I heard, read the Old Testament, I stopped and picked up the Bible and started at Genesis 1. Now one of the things the Holy Spirit does for us is to guide us into all truth. He doesn't make us do anything, but he gives us the information so that we have an opportunity to choose to do what God 
wants us to do because the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God for us. So what I did is I started reading the Old Testament. I didn't read very far in Genesis 1 until I realized I need to share this with our church group. I had a little exhortation on one verse that could um, benefit our church group. So I sat down to share it with our church group, and I went back to read Genesis 1. In a minute, I realized I should share this on our blog. We have a blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. I should share it on the blog. Then within a few moments, the Holy Spirit brought to my attention our books that I write for Amazon, for I write books on Amazon, that I should write books about the Old Testament, comparing it with the New Testament, bringing them together. So I thought, well, okay, I could do that on Amazon. I started to write on Amazon, and then it wasn't very long until I realized these are volumes of books. I'm on the 10th volume at the moment as far as writing them. Only volume 1 is published at this moment in time. We're getting ready to publish volume 2, which is on Moses. Comparing the Old Testament with the New Testament and the way God leads us. So, we yield ourselves to that which the Holy Spirit brings up to our mind we are sometimes led by dreams, sometimes led by visions. God takes us very often on a way we don't want to go. We wouldn't have chosen it for ourselves. God takes us very often in a way we don't want it. We wouldn't have chosen. But when we go that way, looking back on it, there is nothing that would have been better than the way God took us. That's what I find. Every one of the scriptures I have spoken to you today are recorded, I mean are written out on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation. So you can see all of these scriptures by going to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side it says podcast. Click on the link under podcast, and this episode will come up along with the other episodes. And you can hear this exact broadcast if you care to do so. It is Jesus made himself of no reputation. And you can follow along with the written scriptures as I read them, which gives you a double form of reinforcement. Once again, that blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Be sure to put that word exhortation on there. This is Joan Boney speaking, and I'll take this chance to thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.